0: I'd like for you to imagine with me for just a moment. Think about a young man who just has received a beautiful gift. It's wrapped. It's, it's just more than he could imagine as he looks at it. And of course, he's excited to think about what it is and what it might be. And as he begins to open the gift and he opens the box and everything, he finds within that box a beautiful, expensive suit, one beyond anything he could ever thought he could afford himself or anything like that. And he's just thrilled about this gift that he has. But as he's looking at the suit and everything, he, he feels something in one of the pockets. And there in the pocket is a genuine leather wallet. I mean, the best quality that you could even begin to think about. Again, his joy just begins to exceed. Who You know, this great gift that he has, a beautiful, wonderful suit, a designer suit, a leathered wallet. But as he opens the wallet and begins to look through it, he finds $1,000 in cash. And behind the $1,000, there's a deposit slip for a large amount of money in his, in, in his account as he looks at it. He's overwhelmed. He can't even begin to imagine who would have given such a great, great gift. But as he continues out of curiosity to look at that, at that wallet and things, he, he finds within some of the pockets some pieces of paper. And as he opens those pieces of paper, he finds one of them is a title to a brand new car. And he opens another one and there's a picture of a beautiful house and acreage and a note on it that says the deed for him is waiting for him to pick up. It's his house. It's it's all his. And then the final piece of paper, the one that he looks at last of all, it has a note on it. It just simply says, your name has been added to my account and you can draw from my account according to my riches for all your life. Unbelievable. Can you imagine getting that kind of gift? Can you imagine what he might have felt as he was just opening up one after another and yet another and another, and he just kept expounding and looking at it and excited? And, and go ahead and imagine with me as well the wonder of the, of the giver because the giver is just watching this from the side where he doesn't see him, and he's just overflowing with laughter at the joy that he has in being able to give this gift to what's going on. That's exciting to him. You say, well, that's not possible Nothing like that would ever happen. Oh, no, you're, you're so wrong. You need to wake up this morning to reality. See, the reality is that you've been given that gift far greater than that. Those gifts far more exceeding than those that have been done as we look at it. That's what Paul's trying to tell us in Ephesians chapter 1 as we look at that. I'm going to begin reading in verse 3 even though we looked at those before and we're going through verse 6 this morning. That's the focal point of what I want us to talk about, but you just need to get caught up in it, because that's what Paul is saying. We have received this great gift, and as we understand this gift of salvation, and we begin to open it up and look at it, we have seen multitudes of multitudes of multitudes, even more things keep piling up on it, of what God has done for those who are His children of what God has done for His people who are the church and what's going on. Folks, if you can't get excited about that, if you can't be joyful about that, you need to go somewhere and have some work done on your mind and your heart because you're really already dead. You need to wake up. You need to come alive because God has done amazing things for us. And it's unbelievable. Listen to what He has done. If you'll stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3 and going through verse 6. Paul is talking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here he goes. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him hidden love, he predestined us to adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ himself according to the kind intentions of his will and here today to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning I pray that you just take these verses and help us to understand that you have done for us something so far beyond imagination, so far beyond amazing, so far beyond any words that can be described in the heart of man that we just need to be, as your people, a people that rejoice in the wonder that we have been graced so greatly, that we have been given gifts beyond compare, that we have been given gifts that just mount up upon mount up upon mount up upon mount up because there's no end to them. They're, They're exceedingly great according to the riches of Christ in glory. Father, just allow us this morning to rejoice together as the people of God to take hold of what you've done in our lives and just to be able to find in us the joy that is ours because it's there. I know our world is hard and and there's all kinds of bad news around us and everything and many of us have things in our lives that are just beyond anything that we feel like we can deal with. It's just so hard and it just doesn't seem to get any better and there's all kinds of things like that. But God, this morning, if we're children of God, if we truly know you through Jesus Christ, we have something to rejoice in. We have something to to understand, to take hold of, and to believe with everything within us because your word teaches us that it's true through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray that you would just perk us up a little bit, that you would put a little joy in our heart, and that you would allow us this morning to just be able to find ourselves smiling with the wonder of your love upon our hearts and our lives. May we, Father, truly be grateful today for we have been blessed beyond anything we could ever ask or imagine far more than we could ever deserve in Christ Jesus. And I pray it in His name. Amen. You may be seated. What an amazing thing it is that God has done for His church, for His people, and the things that are going on as He has accepted us. That's what the theme of this message is today, being accepted, being a part of what God is. Just think about what grace has done. See, there's nothing that you could do, nothing that I could do, that could ever make us acceptable before God. There's nothing. We don't come before God and plead the merit of our life before Him and say, look at all these things that I've done in my life. Look how good I've been. Look at all the people that I've helped. Look at the things in my life that have been going on. Say, like, God, on that basis, you ought to accept. No, we're not acceptable on that basis. We can say, God, I've been in church ever since I was just a little kid. In fact, I went before I was even born. I've been in church all my life. Isn't that something to be commended? Not acceptable. Not acceptable before God for forgiveness and grace and being a part of that. God, I've been baptized. In fact, I've been baptized several times, just to be sure. I've done all the things that need to be done. Not acceptable. We have nothing that we can plead before God. We have nothing that we can offer to God. We have nothing that we can say to Him that makes us acceptable before God. But God, who is rich in mercy, God who loves to bestow His grace upon His people has done something for you and for me that we could not do for ourselves in making us able to come before Him in forgiveness and being able to be washed pure of our sins, to be able to have the defilement removed from our lives, to be able to be made acceptable to Him through what Jesus Christ has done for us. And that's the only way that we can be acceptable. It's what Christ did. It's what God did in Christ that makes you and me acceptable in what God has done in being a part of that. All of us. In fact, one of the things that psychologists tell us that one of the greatest needs of mankind is the the knowledge that they are accepted. Everybody wants to be accepted. And we look around us and we know people will do just about anything to be accepted. I mean, we see it all the time. We'll dye our hair all kinds of amazing colors we'll stick holes in our bodies We'll dress in ways that we would never be caught dead except for the fact that's the way the people that around us are dressing and we're going to be accepted by our peers. We want to be like they are. We want to be accepted by people. We, We do what we feel like we have to do to be accepted, whether it's by our peers, whether it's by our family, whether it's by the people we work with, by the church people, whatever it may be. We go to great extremes to be made acceptable in the eyes of those that we feel like are important to us. And we can unfortunately. Some of those things work. Sometimes we do something and we find ourselves being brought into a group simply because we chose to do whatever they wanted us to do in order to be accepted by them. And because we wanted that so badly, we do it and we're accepted by them. But folks, what we need to understand this morning is that there's nothing that you can do, there's nothing that I can do that can ever make us acceptable before God. It's just not possible. There's nothing we can account for. There's nothing that we can mount up. There's nothing that we can design. There's nothing that we can plead. We are not acceptable in God's eyes. We are sinners, defiled before God. We have turned our backs upon God and walked away from Him. And sin has separated us from God and nothing that we can do. In the Old Testament, you'll remember, God gave the people a a sacrificial system to be able to make themselves... uh, Cover their sins, it didn't take away their sins, it didn't make them any more acceptable, but God temporarily would receive them because of the sacrifices that they would make. But even the sacrifices had to be certain ways. They couldn't just be any old sacrifice. The Bible says they had to be perfect sacrifices. Per- sacrifices without blemish. Sacr- sacrifices that were the very best that the people had to offer. And all throughout the Old Testament you find the prophets of God talking about the fact that how the people had tried to cheat God by giving... Animals that were not perfect, giving the things that were left over, giving things that didn't matter, things they didn't want for themselves. They wanted to keep the best for themselves. They didn't want to give it to God. They wanted to give it to them, keep it for themselves. And many of their sacrifices. In fact, you'll hear Samuel tell Saul. You'll remember that obedience is better than sacrifice. God's always desired God's His people to obey Him more than He has anything else to give our hearts to him, to love him in the same manner that he loves him. Jesus tells us the, the purity of our love, the example of our love, the knowledge of our love is seen best in our obedience to the things that God has laid out before us. If we love God, we want to obey God. We want to do the things of God. And so there's nothing that we can do but thank God he has accepted us in Jesus Christ. Let me... Just use Melpivosheth for a moment. As a, a David and Melpivosheth, you've heard me talk about them before. As we look at it, you'll remember the story. As David and Jonathan had a great relationship, they made a pledge to one another that if anything ever happened to one or the other, that they would take care of the family of the one that may have been killed or whatever may have happened to them, they would be responsible for their family. Jonathan was killed in battle. You'll remember, David becomes king of all of Israel. And as he's sitting on the throne, as he's king of all of Israel and what's going on, he asks, is there anybody left in the family of Jonathan? Is there any descendant? Is there someone left in his family? Because I have a promise that I made to Jonathan, and I want to take, fulfill that pledge. And one of the servants there says, yes, there is. Jonathan had a son. His name is Melpivasheth. He's in hiding. He, he's in, away from here and being a part of it. And he said, well, go get him and bring him to me. Now, Mephibosheth was worried about that when he came to get him because, as you well know, in those days, when a new king took the throne, what he did was get rid of everybody in the family so there'd be nobody else that would want to try, make a claim to the kingdom. Mephibosheth comes before him. The Bible says he's lame in both legs. He's been in hiding the whole time. All he knows is that David is his enemy and that he's probably being called to his death. But he comes, and David says to him, I'm going to do something for you, not because of who you are, not because of anything that you've done, not for anything that you'll ever do, not because I don't even know you. But I made a promise to your dad, who is the best friend that I ever had in my life, that if anything ever happened to him, for his sake, I would take care of his descendants. So for the sake of Jonathan, I'm going to make you just like one of my sons. You're going to put your feet at my table all the time. I'm going to restore the things that you've lost. I'm going to give everything to you. Not because of who you are, Mel Peebuscheth. You don't deserve anything. But because of who Jonathan was in my heart and my life. Because of what Jonathan did for me. I do this for you. See, that's what God has done. That's what Paul's talking about here. Is that for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of his beloved, his son, Jesus Christ, he has accepted you and he has accepted me into his household, into his family, into his kingdom. Not on the merit of anything that we've done, for we've done nothing that's deserving of it. Not on what we can accomplish, not anything that he hopes for will come out of this, that somehow we'll do something. See, grace that has conditions to it isn't grace. Grace that has conditions to it, that's religion. That's of total no value. Religion will never, ever, ever, ever save anyone. It has no value. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that's what matters. And that's what he gave us and and what he did for us as he came. He he gives us grace. And grace that has to have merit to it is, again, not grace, but, but that's what we want see. Mankind hates grace because all of us have so much pride That we want to believe that somehow we can pull ourselves up by our own spiritual bootstraps. That we can make ourselves acceptable to God that we can work hard enough, that we can do enough, that we can somehow find a way to appease God and we can be right with God just by our own efforts, by our own personality, by our own gifts, by our own wealth, by our own education, whatever it may be, we don't care. We just are sure there's something we can do that will merit God's favor in our life and we'll be accepted for Him. But the answer to that is absolutely no. Nothing that you can do, nothing that I can do will ever make us acceptable before God. And Christians, listen to me for a moment. If you genuinely know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand this as well. As a child of God, there's nothing that you can do, ever that you can do, ever will be able to do, that will make God love you any more than He already does. Some of us kill ourselves trying to serve God because somehow we want to prove to Him that we were worth being saved. Somehow we want to prove to Him that we deserve the salvation that He gave us. Somehow we want to prove to Him that we merit His love. Folks, you can't do it. You don't. You don't deserve the love of God. You don't deserve the grace of God. You don't deserve forgiveness. You don't deserve the opportunity to stand in the presence of a holy God for all eternity in a place called heaven that He's prepared for you. You don't. I don't. But the amazing gift of God is that because of what Christ did, we're accepted. Because of what Christ did, we're welcome into the family of God. Because of what Christ did, we're forgiven for our sins. Because of what Christ did, we're holy and pure and acceptable in the eyes of God. And we can come, according to Hebrews, boldly into the very throne room of God Himself and speak with Him because of what Christ did. Folks, we ought to be genuinely in love with our Savior. We ought to be overwhelmed with the reality. God loved me so much that He did so much in my life that He made it possible for me to be acceptable. I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't be there on my own. But God, for Christ's sake, accepted me. And now I am pure in the eyes of God. I am forgiven in the eyes of God. I am declared a very child of the living God because of what Christ did. Not because of anything that I did or ever will do simply because God so loved me and you that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever of us and all of us who would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. And to those who chose to give themselves to him by faith, he said he gives them the authority, the right, the privilege, the power to be be a very children of God. That's who we are, folks. And as you open up what it means to be a child of God, that's what Paul's trying to talk about in these verses when he tells us that we have been been forgiven of our sins, that he has saved us, he has brought life to us, he's given us all these things. And in Christ Jesus, in the pleasure of his will, in the joy of his heart, he has bestowed upon us grace for the joy of his beloved, for the joy of Christ. Christ, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it was for the joy of Of what he was experiencing, that he went to the cross what was the joy you you're the joy you're the joy that Christ went to the cross for the joy of knowing that you would be redeemed the joy of knowing that you'd be a part of the family of God the joy of knowing that his sacrifice was acceptable before God his sacrifice was one that would able to make us all acceptable before God because of what he did we're accepted in Jesus Christ and if you're in Christ That acceptance makes you his forever. Forever. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, then you're not accepted. No matter how good a person you are, no matter how moral you may think you are, no matter how many good things you've done, no matter how many churches you belong to, no matter what religions you proclaim, philosophies you've accepted, if you don't have a personal relationship with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're not accepted before God. We're only accepted in Christ Jesus him alone we don't need any other way that's sufficient it's enough that's all we need because we got everything in Christ we have got all that we need and all that we could ever hope for in being a part of that maybe you've seen pictures or heard stories or thought about maybe at some time or another about these the idea of of people of poor people poverty stricken people whatever it may be that would follow after a rich person or a king or someone in the hopes that somehow they might take pity upon them and give them a gift give them something that would help meet their needs and being a part of it. But can you imagine a king pursuing the poorest of the poor because he wanted to give them a gift? They didn't come seeking him. He went to seek them. And That's what the Bible says. Jesus Christ came into this world seeking those who he wanted to be able to extend all the gifts of the Father to. He came looking for you. He came seeking you out so that he could give you everything that heaven holds and make it all available to you as he would look and say, Isn't it amazing, the song says, that he would come to us? Isn't it amazing that he would leave the throne of heaven and come here among us? Isn't it amazing what God has done for you and for me to bestow upon us these amazing, truly, Magnificent gifts, words beyond description, will never be able to pin, to tell the wonderful grace of God that is ours and all that it means in our lives. Folks, this morning... I just wish you could somehow get a picture of that. I wish somehow you could just let yourself break those barriers that just inhibit you and say, I will not be happy. Don't tell me to be happy. Don't tell me to be joy in the Lord. I am determined to spend my life frowning and happy and not ever find the joy of the Lord in my life. I have made that decision, and I will never experience it. I feel so sorry for you. And that's where a lot of us are. We've determined. I will not be joyful. I will not let myself be released into understanding all the magnificent grace of God and what He's done in my life because He did it all for you, folks. He did it for you. Please understand that. He didn't have to go to the cross. There was no need for Him to go to the cross. But He loved you and He wanted you to have the experience of all that there was there and He did it for you. When He was on the cross, He came there to put Himself upon the cross because He wanted to bestow upon you all the magnificent riches of God. He desperately wanted you to know God's love, God's forgiveness, God's heart. He wanted you to know all the things that heaven held for you. And he gave himself for you. And his gift was acceptable to the Father. His gift was pleasing to the Father. His gift brought joy to the Father. And because of that, God receives you and God receives me when we come to him in Christ Jesus. And we are made acceptable. Acceptable. Folks, God has accepted you. Not because of anything that you've done or anything you'll ever do. Not because of what family you belong to or don't belong to. Not because of what church you go to or don't go to. Not because of anything that you will ever be, ever accomplish, succeed in being a part of it. Not because of anything that you'll ever have. If you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul, you've got nothing. God accepted you because of Jesus Christ, period. That's the only reason. And if you're in Christ this morning, you're acceptable. You're accepted by God. And if you're not, you can be. That's even good, good news again. Because you see, there's no one that God wouldn't, re- God wouldn't accept. There's no one that he wouldn't receive into himself if we come to him through Jesus Christ. All are acceptable in Christ. If you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal relationship, saying that I, not my family, not my friends, I confess that I am a sinner and that there's nothing that I can do to ever be accepted by God. But I believe that Jesus Christ did for me what I couldn't do for myself and God accepted his sacrifice, and on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that I'll come in his name, God will accept me. And I can tell you, upon the authority of God's word, he will. He will. If you come to him in faith, receiving what he's done for you, acknowledging your sin, and accepting his forgiveness, he will accept you eternally into his family. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we come in these moments to think about what a great, amazing gift that we have through the grace of God in Christ Jesus, I just, again, have to apologize that I don't have the words or the ability to just open up the heavens and let people get a glimpse of the wonder and the great extravagance of God. God, please, please. Let us see that. Let us rejoice in it as your people. Let us walk in the knowledge that we are accepted by the Creator of the universe, that we are accepted by the God who to no one and no thing can even begin to be compared to, that we are accepted by the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. We are accepted through Jesus Christ. Father help us to know that, to understand it. And to rejoice within it. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning or anyone maybe viewing by Facebook that has never genuinely, truly put their faith in Jesus Christ in a personal way for a personal relationship, they've been depending upon religious acts and religious deeds and this and that, Father, break through those barriers that they've thrown up, those blind things that Satan has put in front of their eyes and speak to their hearts and tell them that you love them and that you desire for them to be your own. Give them the ability, the faith, to trust you as Savior and Lord of their life. Father, we just pray today that those who need you as Savior would say yes and those of us who know you as Savior would rejoice in ways beyond any we've ever rejoiced before because we're just being reminded how wondrous it is to be a child of God, to be accepted. Father, I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.